Opa Gundam style, everyone, and welcome to Wow Cool Robot. My name is Jared, or Jay, and I use he and them pronouns. I'm Max, and I use he and him pronouns. And you might notice, we're not running at full capacity this week. Yeah, we're, we're moving at uh, two-thirds slower than a regular Zaku. <laughs> okay, yeah, I figured, I figured as soon as you started talking, I was like, they're going to say something about Zakus, aren't they? I have to. We're not painted red. We're like painted a deep pink right now. Yeah. Yeah. We're painted <laughs> that shade of pink that makes people not feel aggression. Mm, That's, I mean, I can't I remember what it is, but it's like there was a time where boxers would wear like boxing gloves that were a shade of pink because it made their opponents less aggressive. It's a real color <laughs> theory thing. Uh, they put people mm. in jail cells and they stopped being as awful. Hmm. Curious. They jail, um, jail cells were painted pink for the record. They okay, didn't yeah, just yeah, start yeah. throwing people in jail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Julia is currently in tummy hell right now. We are all saluting her. Yeah. I mean it's it's truly it's it's the podcaster's lament. It happens to all of us. And <laughs> Pod, if you're all listening, podcasters have tummy and it's a problem. <laughs> if you're listening, it'll happen to you too. Yeah. A happy day after Halloween. Happy day after Halloween. So this is a big week outside of having recording fun time. Right. Because, so we're recording this uh, Dia de los Muertos, November 1st. Uh, let's fucking see. Animal Crossing updates on Friday. Big deal. Forza Horizon 5, the game of the year of 2021, comes out on Friday. I've already More taken like Friday off. Forza. <laughs> ah, pretty good. Yeah. Um, if you paint your car red in that game, you can drive three times faster. You can um, also put cool flame filigree decals on your car. You can put a lot of things on a lot of things. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a fucking. I'm gonna take like. What's the most like? Hmm, what's the weirdest like? Sharpest, most angular car. I'm gonna take like a Lamborghini Countach and like paint it black and white and like make it look like a fucking Death Scythe Gajinka car, and it's Absolutely. gonna be badass. Yeah, it's gonna be cool as hell. Actually, you know what? Huh? <laughs> when I'm editing, I'm gonna remember to write this down to be like, "Hey Max, you should you should what five cars in Forza would be the wing cars." This is oh, a, yeah. this is yeah, a challenge absolutely. for me and me alone to solve. Yeah, um, I will not I'm be also, of any help. <laughs> <laughs> you'll be part of the judging committee. I'll just need you to look at what I say and, and, and say yes. Good job. Oh sure. It's like uh it was shared a while back, but someone shared like some art someone did where uh all of the Gundam boys were wearing like cultural clothing. Like I think uh Wufei was wearing like this really sick, like Filipino flag inspired jacket Ooh. or something along those lines. And I think Duo or Hiro had, like, the Mexican flag, and it was, like, the inspiration for their outfit. It was something oh, along those lines. I wish I could find it, but it's, like, all of the Endless Waltz suits styled. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's kind of spoilers, and so I think we hid it from you. Oh, okay, that's probably <laughs> but it was, wise. It was a fantastic image, and I want to see if I can find it after this. I can't wait to find out what Endless Waltz is about. It's uh, about dancing. Oh, okay, they, cool. Yeah. They, they put Dance Dance Revolution in Gundam. Oh, hell yeah. It rules. Um, and also, the last cool thing that this week is that it's a Gunpla update. Because I have, like, five kits all coming in at the same time. <laughs> like, I have my P-Bandai clear color kits from the um, Gundam Expo. I have my um, pre-ordered from USA Gundam Store um, Nightingale high grade and high new real grade. Um mm. So I am I am I am ready to rumble when it comes to to kits like fuck yeah 
it's going to be fun. And I have decals ready to go for all of them. So it's going to be a fun that time. Rules. Expect a lot of photos uh, in the Gunpla channel of, of our Discord. I almost said subreddit. That's not true. <laughs> um, anyway, we're here to talk about Gundam Wing. It's a good show, except this week we kind of melted our fucking brains, didn't it? Yeah, this the first episode of this batch is a lot to take in. It is. Um, let's get into it. Um, I think since you have the second uh, summary, I'll just do the first and the third, and we can keep on bouncing it back. Um, uh, sure. I'll I'll read what Jules has so dear uh, has so kindly left for us. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this is mobile. Nope. New mobile report. Gundam Wing episode twenty two. <laughs> The fight for independence. Zex, now going as Milliardo Peacecraft, meets with Lady Un as an ambassador of the Sank Kingdom. Nickel begins acting on his own and refuses to trust Milliardo. Un realizes that she's developed a split personality while trying to execute Trace's dream of the future. The Alliance's colony headquarters was not destroyed along with the Alliance military during the coup, and they managed to make me relate to the Alliance military folk for the first time. Nickel attempts to destroy the colony and Un in a mobile suit with Barge's cannons, and Un imprisons him upon her return to the base. Lastly, Wu Fei reveals himself in the bus to ask Shenlong and is captured by Chief Engineer Tubarov of the Ramafeller Foundation on his way to space. This is... Yeah. What what you don't get with this summary is like, (laughs) it's just fucking talking. It is unbelievable. I I think it was you who said it, where it's they literally start talking and do not stop until the episode ends. And... And you're probably oh, thinking to yourself, like, oh, yeah, that's how you make a show. It's kind of an action series, though. So normally there's, like, stuff that happens. And, like, the only thing we see happen lasts for, like, five seconds. And it's when Wu Fei shows up at the end of the freaking episode. It's like, <laughs> I don't even, like, it, I, I don't necessarily mind that. It's more mm-hmm. that it's just, like, there's they not just, room to breathe. It's 22 episodes in, and they decided to just cram all of this into one spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I said it a they lot. Definitely, in the dis- mm-hmm. Of the three episodes we covered, they definitely could have like spread it out over those three. There, there were that, moments yeah. where it would have been fine for them to do that. That's the thing. I said it in the Discord a lot. Like, I wouldn't have minded all of this if this was more spread out. But like as yeah. it is, it, it felt like... We mentioned... I mentioned it in Pot of Greed where like they kind of like backload all of the main important plot points at the end of season two of GX. And this is very similar where mm-hmm. they like forgot. They're like, oh, shit, we forgot to talk more about ideology. Let's just slam it in here. Not to say that Wing hasn't been talking about ideology, but like it is just so heavy handed here. It's just it's just took I think it took all three of us like a really long time to kind of just get through watching this because we had to like stop and like <laughs> yeah. just, whoof, catch our breath every couple yeah. of minutes. Part of it was definitely me stopping to take screenshots, which is something that I do frequently and that I don't actually post them anywhere other than the recording chats. <laughs> they were good screenshots, though. Yeah, this this week I did actually share those. I shared the ones of Lady Un pushing up her mm-hmm. glasses and then pointing her gun at the camera. Hell yeah. Um, I can't uh, wait to do an edit of that later that just says, be gone, turf. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Um, so this this one starts out. We see Zex. Uh, they, like, recover the tall geese. <laughs> Zex? I'm sorry. Fuck. Miliardo. He's not sex right now. Fuck. I fucked up. We see Miliardo. He's in this incredible fit, looking fresh to death. I want to note something about this. I feel like this has to be Peacecraft-specific attire because Mm -hmm. it matches the outfit we saw Relina in when Relina went to the Roma Feller Foundation with Noin. It was extremely good. Yeah, I love it. It's such a fucking, like, this, like, white and black with, like, gold trim. Oh, it's so cool. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and he he introduces himself to Lady Un as a representative of the Saint Kingdom, and he basically says that he's here to like investigate Oz's effect on the colonies. You know, basically. Mm-hmm. His whole deal, from what I can tell, is that he kind of wants to see, like, how is Oz attaining this so-called peace? Like, is what they're doing okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. Uh, he's he's really just trying to inspect what the, like, Alliance and Oz are up to. And uh, there's a moment where after he gets, like, off board, he meets with Lady Un and they talk. And she just doesn't, like, she no-sells it, does not recognize him at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if it's necessarily no-selling it. I think in this state, she might not recognize him at all. That's fair, yeah. Because, again, uh, Lady Un, oh, like, God, there's a fucking this, lot to get with there. This dude with long blonde hair who pulled up in the tall geese... <laughs> Everyone's like, oh, Milliardo Peacecraft from the Sank Kingdom. And Nickel is just like behind the corner like, Zex. Yeah, Nickel's <laughs> the only person who's like, am I like the only one who understands who this guy is? And <laughs> right. Would, would appear so, yes, actually. Um, it's good. Yeah, like he's like behind a pillar and he's just like, oh, God, that's mm-hmm. Zex. Um, we get uh, some interesting characters that are pretty important for this episode because um, we cut to Colony D120. Uh, mm-hmm. The narration introduces this place as it, it's like Earth controls this colony. Um, it is essentially right. like a, mili- a military installation to manufacture arms and send them back to Earth, I think. Yep. Um, it's something it's, along those lines. It's basically yeah. one of the Alliance's, like, first and strongest like holdouts in their like occupation of the colonies when that started happening too Mm -hmm. so it's it's a big deal for the alliance that this place is like still hanging in there oz has taken out a lot of stuff in space but this place is still like alliance controlled yeah for now at least um (laughs) it's led by our favorite character general septum it's led by his son gwinter yeah i was I was excited to like get mention of Septum and I want to point out now and I'll probably point it out again later. Gwinter is like Dozel Zabi levels of just fucking big. He's a He's, big yeah. fucking dude. <laughs> it's fun like and it's not like Dozel Zabi levels of like intimidating. He just looks normal. He's just like Yeah, he's just he's just a huge. seven foot tall guy, yeah. Um yeah. And something, another character is this bald old man. I don't even know if we ever get his name. And this, it's not revealed who he is until much later, but he is Septim's he's father. Septim's father, he's, yeah. Yeah, he's Gwinter's grandfather. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, did, did you get a name for him in the dub? Not that I remember, no. Okay, yeah. He's, he's, he's Pappy Septim is what I'll call him. I think in my notes I had him mixed up because there's a moment like where they mentioned Duke Dermail. And I was like, I remember that name. Is that the old guy? Der, Dermail is the big beard Romafeller leader, I believe. Right. Yeah, I, I figured yeah, that out later, but my notes have uh, yeah. suffered. <laughs> yeah, because again, it's just so many characters. And it's like, I don't need to be forced at information, but when we're cutting back and forth so many times, at least the first time I see someone introduce me to them in a little way, you know, like, give me right. something here. Um, but the the discussion here while uh, Milliard is here is essentially, oh, by the way, I, I think you wanted to mention this. This episode has, has a lot of flashing lights. Oh, um, yes. It's around the 10, from the 10 to 12 minute mark, there's a moment where um, Milliardo Peacecraft is speaking to Gwinter and his grandfather, and a lot of the screens that are on display do flash quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty 
pretty bright and pretty rapid. Yeah, so pretty rough. For anyone who has photosensitivity to things like that, uh, be please be aware. Yeah, it's it's not ideal. Um, but they're talking here. Essentially, Gwinter, funny enough, not like Septum, doesn't immediately want to fight back against Oz or anything. Uh, mm-hmm. He he he's taking like I don't want to call it a centrist path here because. You know, if he were truly fully peace-minded, the show would have killed him off by now. But right. essentially, he says that he wants to use the military assets they have in order to force open a dialogue. So it's like he's going the deterrence route, which is like, at this point, the most peaceful route you can possibly take in the world of Gundam Wing. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it, it's interesting that, you know, this is he's very much not his father's son here, which is not yeah, what I expected yeah, from him. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's interesting. It's nice to see them just kind of give him his own actual character instead of being like, he, ah, he septum too. Nickel yeah. is just auto too. Um, <laughs> but he's a simp for lady un instead of Zex. I mean, <laughs> who, who isn't? Yeah. Uh, but, but based, happy, on the, uh, based on the discord. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Pappy Septum, he talks about Miliardo for a little bit, talks about how he's kind of using his peaceful past in the Saint Kingdom to like investigate Oz here. Pretty much what mm-hmm. uh, he told Un when he met her. It's like he's not here as X, he's here as Miliardo. So it's like yeah. he's very much it's it's like I don't know. I, I guess people really don't know that Miliardo is Zex and vice versa. So like people are like, oh I guess the Saint Kingdom wasn't wiped out. Welcome aboard. So <laughs> it does so much for him. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Yeah. I mean the fucking they don't get it by his dulcet tones, I can tell you that much. It's for real. Um, and yeah, we get a short little scene here of Trey's is talking with, um, Dermail, uh, talking about like Lady Un's work in space here. Mm-hmm. And is this, this isn't where we get him talking about Un's split personality. That's later on, I believe. Uh, yeah, I believe that is later on because, uh, he speaks to, uh, Dermail a little bit. And then I think there's a different moment where, oh yeah, he's talking Hang on. <laughs> He's yeah. talking to Dermail and he gets congratulated on basically like nearly taking control of space. Um, mm-hmm. I think Dermail tells him that Tubarov is going to be working on the mobile dolls under Lady Un's request. Yes, that's right. Uh, and Trace is like, really? Lady Un requested that, huh? And then there's uh, a moment where Trace actually speaks to Lady Un uh, after his call with Dermail. Yes, she, she Skypes Un. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's the and, first time they've talked in, like, face... Well, not even face-to-face, but it's the first time they've, like, directly interacted in a long time. Yeah. And Lady Un's basically yeah. like, you should come to space. Uh, there's, like, the the plan is kind of chaos, and you aren't doing enough to follow the path you had set out, and I think you need to come to space. And, like, Trey says a bunch of stuff about, like, people will keep fighting no matter what. It's, like, the natural state of humanity, some other shit. But he also says, um, I I can't, I didn't write down the line specifically, but he's like, some people even get pleasure out of being controlled. And it's like, ah, uh, good. Thank you, Trey's, for admitting you know about BDSM. Yes. So, (laughs) God, this whole, this is, like, you know, one of many fucking Metal Gear Solid 4 length codec (laughs) cutscenes. He's Skyping Un, and she's like, I will use the mobile dolls so you don't need to suffer, so you can lead the world. Your mm-hmm. heart can make you a god and lead all life on Earth and in space. 
And at yeah. that point, I'd, I would have already hung up and be like, Jesus Christ, what have I yeah, done? Absolutely. I, I have like a short, <laughs> uh, like a shorthand write up. So the world is confusion, unlaid out a new future separate from the one Trey's had. Uh, they kind of both say fighting will never disappear. Trey says the strong should rule people who there are people who take pleasure out of being ruled over. Uh, but ultimately, the world will continue fighting. Trey's has a heart that be- can become God, whatever that means. Um, their ideals do actually clash here, which is interesting. It's not the first time we've seen that, but yes. this is this is Lady Un being the peace-minded Lady Un, the more like open and like polite Lady Un that's clashing with Trey's, which is interesting to see. Um, and then uh, Trey says his future is determined to be in outer space uh but he's not that strong like he can't make that future happen he says something about zex and the gundams are constructing a new future and then he says like history will repeat itself and then he asks lady un to come back to him yeah so the 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 most important thing here that like really kind of like i took note of Mm -hmm. was how Lady Un is like, ah, oh, this is the future that you're working towards. Yeah. And Trace is like, this is the future that you want. And the future yep. that my I want is different. But at the same time, regardless, the future can't be what one single person wants. Absolutely. It really feels yeah. like it's like we haven't seen Trey's in the center in a while, but mm-hmm. it feels like he's starting to doubt himself, which is interesting. Like, not what I expected. Like this early on in the show, too. You know, we are like about 40% of the way through the show. Yeah. And like seeing Trey's doubt himself kind of so early on in that plan is like, huh? Yeah, not one of his what lines I expected. is about now that Oz has kind of like its roots in outer space. The Romafeller Foundation is like yes. really pushing for the things they want instead of following what Trey's plan kind of was. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I don't have enough sway to control them, and they could keep doing that and destroy the plan that I had, which would ultimately lead to peace, I think. Uh, but it's like a, a controlled militaristic peace. Yeah, I don't. So. I don't know if I trust his peace. Again, I don't trust the fucking Romafeller Foundation either. Oh, absolutely but not. Yeah, but that's it, the it, thing. It's... This is this is a moment where we see Trey's as an individual clashing against the Romafeller Foundation as well. Yeah. It's good. And and he does mention a little thing about how the Gundam pilots are also making their own future. Mm-hmm. And then he asks Lady Un to come back to him, specifically the Lady Un mm-hmm. that he knows. Not this nice, not not the nice Lady Un who talks like this. He wants the fucking Lady Un who will step on him. Yeah, absolutely. Don't we all? Put, um, Lady Un, please put those glasses <laughs> back on. Yeah, dude. Uh, then we get Nickel talking mm-hmm. to, I think it's Dermale. It's Dermale, um, yes. And he tells him that, like, Zex is, you know, at, at this colony. He's working with the Colony 120, D120. Uh, he's working with the former alliance. Um, Nickel is just like, uh, yeah, this fucking sucks. What should I do? And Dermale's just like, blow up their space force, idiot. Yeah. <laughs> and then this you, is where we have see, unkillable um, battle AIs, homie. I don't know <laughs> what to tell you. This is where we see Gwinter with Zex, and I was, this is like, oh, that's a big fucker, because he is, like, head and shoulders above Zex, and he's twice as wide. And, like, Zex definitely isn't short either. Zex is, you can, like, Zex is probably a pretty tall guy. Mm Mm-hmm, absolutely. Uh, And then, I think it's uh, one of, I I think it's Gwinter's grandfather who says something along the lines of, space once thrived and set an example for peace-minded countries on Earth. 
And that's like speaking to the early colonies when they were still in development, but there were colonists out in space, like living. Mm-hmm. They were setting this example of like there there was no conflict for a long time. And then the alliance showed up. Mm-hmm. It, uh, specifically, and, what he what he yeah, talks about, which is what was so interesting to me here, is he, he mentions that you know life when life was peaceful, the only things that was troubling people was insecurity. And mm-hmm. he mentioned he talks about how like all of the natural phenomena that we take for granted on Earth are all artificial and controlled by humans in the colonies, like you know yeah. gravity, weather, the day and night cycle. Like, this is all insecurity. And, like, in the back of everyone's head, you can't get rid of it. You have, you always will have that insecurity while you're living in space. Mm-hmm. So what naturally leads is how do people find security? Ah, weapons. And what's going to lead from that? They're just going to want to, like, storm Earth and take it over for themselves so they don't yeah. need to live with that insecurity anymore. So, like, no matter what, like, people are going to, like, gravitate towards war because it's just human nature. Yeah. It, it's a actually kind of reasonable argument like i yeah. can get that um i it very much reminded me of like the scheduled rains in the uc stuff that was like a thing that they had to deal with occasionally mm-hmm. um there's also uh, a moment where he mentions that like the alliance lost to oz at, like very clearly lost to oz mm-hmm. and the Alliance wanted to surrender, but since they had control in outer space, they didn't want to give that up because they didn't want the colonies to just turn to turmoil because mm-hmm. there would be like a power vacuum, sort of, I guess. Uh, but the Alliance was basically like, yeah, like we wanted to surrender, but we didn't for the good of the people. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's It's like, yeah, I know you're not really in it for the people, but at the same mm-hmm. time, it's like. While you're saving your own asses, you might as well also save the asses of those around you who are yeah. already in the situation. It's like no one's kind of good here, but yeah, I, it's, it's pretty rough. I don't know. I, I'm kind of coming around on all of the ideology bullshit in this episode because talking with someone else about it is like, okay, yeah, I know <laughs> they're making they're making some points here. Yeah, right. Um, they're making arguments. I don't yeah. necessarily like or agree with them, but they're <laughs> solid for the setting. <laughs> but damn it, they're trying. Yeah. Um, and this is when we get the terrible TV screen flashing uh, because we're under yes. attack. Yeah. Uh, Milliarda wants to help them fight back, and they're like, hey, "You are a peace representative." And Milliardo's like, aha, would you would you believe if I told you I could switch between identities? Right. Yeah. So for, for he doesn't put the mask on, but like in this moment, he's Zex now, I suppose. Yeah, he's, he's just like, ah, I have combat experience. Mm-hmm. And it's like, great. <laughs> Use I it. Can, I idiot. can fly the heart attack Gundam. <laughs> um, we get this like weird exchange with uh, Nicole and Lady Un, too. Uh, Nickel mm-hmm. walks in on Lady Un. She's like looking at the Roma Feller's plan that Dermail sent along to her, and it's basically to send mobile dolls to Earth and occupy them like remotely. Uh, and Lady Un is like, I don't want to do that because people are gonna die. Like that. That's not what Oz would want. That's not what we want. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, Un says uh, Trey's needs to come to outer space, but he has refused his mission to rule the world. That's the way that she is viewing the situation. Yes. And then Nickel is just like, you should be a soldier for Trey's. You should be a weapon. You should be a tool for this man. And <laughs> Lady Un's like, hmm. I think I will, and then gets in his horses. Yeah, it's wild. Like, it very much, this is Nickel essentially, like, sensing a moment of weakness in Lady Un. Because you can tell he's already been getting tired of, like, 
yeah her you get nickel wants to tear shit up right that's the other thing yeah exactly he sends he's like mom can you go out of town so i can throw a party basically yeah (laughs) because she goes out on the battlefield and he's like oh uh i'm in charge of barge now (laughs) yeah it and and like it, it, this is and and she doesn't even like go girl boss mode when she's in the Leo either. Like she's yeah. still peaceful lady un. Like this is her because like in this moment for this part she is wanting to serve trays and Nickel ef- effectively says don't serve under trays. Help uh, assist trays by yeah. becoming a soldier instead. Like don't instead of doing like the clerical work essentially get your hands dirty and you know it's enough to convince her to say yeah okay why the fuck not let's do it yeah and in the command room um nickel is basically like ready the barge laser to fire on like Mm -hmm. this section of the colony and troa who is there speaks up he's like um would lady un approve of those orders and (laughs) nickel basically flips him the burdens like lady un isn't here and troa's like i'll I'll go get in the v8 we'll use that instead uh Uh, and and we'll get like the other pilot in the mercurius and (laughs) nickel's just like no fuck you fire the laser yeah or we can arrest you how about that yeah he he detains troa and one of the things he says before we cut away from the scene is a soldier doesn't need to be thinking so much hmm nickel come Hmm. on uh i disagree yeah, I wrote that line down as well. I think he specifically says, a soldier doesn't need to think so much. Ideals about peace are for people in the top ranks. God. And it's like, true, but also you did very much send the person who's had ideals about peace into battle to probably get killed right now. So it doesn't mean yeah. much coming from you, homeboy. I wouldn't listen to a word this motherfucker says. He's mm-hmm. a snake. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, get, he's compelling. Um, we we fly out into outer space and we see some of this combat. There's a Leo that actually from the Alliance that takes out a Taurus, but then immediately gets killed because a Taurus flies into him and body checks him and just makes the Leo explode. It's good. Yeah, we see we see Talgis beating up mobile dolls. Talgis busting through. It's so yeah, good. It rules. And like within like a couple seconds, like fifty percent of the Alliance's mm-hmm. Leos were destroyed in this fight. Um but the civilians were evacuated from the colony. Yeah, from, from yeah, D1 because Gw- Gwinter knows. Yeah, this is it. <laughs> They're going to fire yeah. on us. Yeah. Um, and Pappy Septim says this is the first time that a colony is going to be destroyed in war since they were mm-hmm. made. And he says we can't do anything now. All we can hope for is that our desk can send a message to everyone and essentially show them that war is bad. Yeah, it's yeah. like. The Alliance members, specifically Gwinter, or Gwinter and his grandfather, are basically like, this This is fucked, but we don't really have a way out of it, and hopefully mm. it leads to the greater good, I guess. <laughs> yeah, they literally just say, guess I'll die. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, Miliardo's out in the mix, and he's blasting a bunch of Tauruses, but he sees a stray Leo. I think it's, is she in a Leo, or is she in a... She's in a Leo, yeah. Okay, uh, he sees a, a stray Leo, and it's actually Lady Un, and she's just spouting a bunch of shit off, mostly to herself. It doesn't seem like she's broadcasting it to anyone this time. Um, no. But it's like, somehow in the heat of battle, Trey's ends up calling Miliardo. <laughs> he fucking, okay, actually, okay, it was a Taurus, I was wrong. Um, she's in a Taurus, oh, but okay. yes, this is when Trey Skypes Miliardo, and he's like, <laughs> Miliardo, I fucked up, you gotta help me out here, I fucked up yeah, big time. And he says, he says, there are only two people who understand me, there's you, and there's Lady Un. You're the only real ones out there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, this is and when he straight up says Lady Un has a split personality. And I'm like, he oh, says her fucking feelings great. toward me have caused her to split 
to have split personalities. It's, it's just, and then it cuts like from that to Lady Un just getting blasted. <laughs> yeah, she's getting <laughs> fucked up, and yeah, he just implores her to save her. Or yeah, he mm-hmm. tells Milliard, "You got to save her. The only other person who understands me." And yeah. yeah, he also mentions in this conversation, he's like, you know, Trace is losing power, Oz is changing, Romafeller is taking over. The path that mankind is taking is leading to, you guessed it, more war. So like, right. I, I think he even says, he even says, Milliard are my closest friend. Like, he knows that even though Miliardo has essentially forsaken Trace by now, he's like... I, I wonder yeah. if it's if it's different in the, uh, the sub, but he I think he calls him his eternal friend. I think that I think that is what he says in the sub. I mean, okay. I'm paraphrasing from what I remember. Because there, there have been mentions uh, throughout this episode that they've basically known each other since childhood. Mm-hmm. They're buddies. They're, They're friends. <laughs> um, but and at this, this point, is... Nickel orders. Yeah, I was gonna say this is where Nichols just like fire the beam cannon, and one of one of his subordinates, not even Troa, one of his subordinates is just like, but Lady Un's like out there in the line of fire, and Nichols like she knew the risk she was taking. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking edge lord. Yeah, but uh, and the beam but, does fire. Yeah, the beam does fire, and it like starts firing, and immediately we see a button get pushed, and thrusters start firing, mm-hmm. and uh, turns out. Troa did not go uh, gently into that good night. In fact, he took out an entire room of engineers so he could fire those thrusters and force the beam to miss. Um, yeah. And hilariously, Miliardo sees this and he's like, it missed. Did they mean for that? <laughs> like, yeah. No dipshit. <laughs> Clearly not. But yeah, like Troa even says, like, this is what Lady Un would have wanted. Like, she yeah. wouldn't have wanted and- this whole thing to be melted. Un is in the cockpit, and this is, I think, the second time we see her in her purple normal suit, which I want to point out has a logo on the side. So we have the Oz logo is a lion, I believe, or maybe that's like Zex's logo. I think logo that, that in might particular. be Trace's logo. Okay, yeah. Uh, but the logo on this purple normal suit, this Astro suit, is a Tin Man. Uh, mm. More Wizard of Oz references. But she is mad as hell, and she radios in, and she's like, bring me back to Barge right now. Yeah. <laughs> like, and like, we get a cute little thing of, like, tall geese carrying the Taurus. It's so, like, it's so funny, but the only thing I could think of is, like, when someone walks up behind you, it's like any scene in any romance film where someone's cooking dinner, and their partner, like, walks yeah! up behind them, and is, like, very gently, like... <laughs> basically fondling yeah. them i mean admittedly <laughs> it was, it, it's because the taurus doesn't have its arms anymore right yeah so the There's, tall geese is like literally holding it by the chest section <laughs> yeah <laughs> milliard carries on into the so hangar boobly yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the taurus and she gets breasted a... boobly into the hangar <laughs> and the then... taurus thundered tiddly <laughs> And then we see Lady Un in the cockpit. Uh, the cockpit opens, and uh, Nickel is like right in front of her, and he starts to say something, I think. And then Lady Un cuts him off, and I don't remember. I don't remember what she says. Um, oh, oh, she's telling him that she would have done the exact same thing. Like it's it's like the calculations she would have made, uh, mm-hmm. but she's like. The calculations I've made right now are to kick your ass. <laughs> she like delivers yeah. a one-liner. She does the smug anime glasses push up and then points a gun at him. Yeah, it's so like I, what she says in the sub is a little bit different. She says your actions were justified, so are mine, and she doesn't oh, shoot. That's him. a way better delivery. 
Yeah, like, she doesn't shoot him. Like, we see him getting taken away. Essentially, he's just going to be, like, court-martialed right. or jailed or whatever the hell. Yeah. Um, she should have no-scoped him, like, sept him. <laughs> it would be very funny if she just, like, blasted Nickel. Yeah. Um, but but after this, Milliardo kind of thinks to himself, he's like, just like Trey's like, I also don't have any power. I'm merely a soldier now. Um, we do hear about the mobile dolls are like beginning to be brought to Earth, I believe. Like the planet's oh. progressing v- very well. Uh, no, it's um, things are going smoothly and Tubarov is on his way to the lunar base oh, okay, to that's continue development. Right. Yeah. Uh, but there okay. is a line that... Um, Miliardo Zex, thanks to himself, uh, with these ultimate weapons, the world is headed to an age where soldiers are no longer needed, and he sounds, like, afraid when he says it. Yeah. It's really um, fucking good. Uh, and mm-hmm. then we see Tubrov kind of headed to the moon, and <laughs> I think we get the, the like, alert radar sound, but it's, like, yeah. really fast, and then we just see Shenlong Gundam still just blasting fuel out of its side. And Wufei is like, come and get me, cowards. Yeah, it's so funny. <laughs> he basically is like, he knows he can't do anything. So he's like, gosh, I sure hope they don't kill me right here. Yeah. Um, Boy, I hope I don't get captured. Yeah. It, oh, I would hate it so much if you captured me and put me in the lunar base with all my friends. Please don't uh, recognize I'm out of ammo and fuel and take me somewhere safe and stable. <laughs> yeah. And of course, that is exactly what happened. Tubarov's like, Hold on, he's not fighting back. Let's capture this fool. Yeah, Tufrov is basically uh, like, oh, free Gundam. <laughs> yeah, it's free real estate. It's free real uh, estate. That's where the episode ends. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah, I I, I turned around on like this episode. This, one, this one's good actually. I it's not good to watch. It is it is a hard. Yeah, it's, it's episode good to discuss to through. Yeah, it's good to discuss. Yeah, this is it's yeah. definitely an interesting episode to actually like pick apart. But it was a hard one to to sit through and watch. The next episode, mm-hmm. however, is very very much like fun for me it's me specifically yes. this episode this title fucking knocked me right on my ass and that would be episode 23 duo god of death once again sally poe finds zero one the wing gundam at the bottom of an ocean and recovers it wufei gets captured and taken to the moon base with hero the gundam engineers are up to something sinister we find out later Miliardo talks to the Alliance. Duo meets a girl and tries to make his way to the lunar base, where Oz will be manufacturing more mobile dolls. Duo does make it to the moon and infiltrates the base, but he accidentally stumbles into the engineers, and they tell him to get captured in order that for them to finish rebuilding Shenlong and the Death Scythe. Oh, let's fucking go. New robot soon. New intro, too. New intro narration. Yes. This narrator yeah, this, made his fucking buck on this show. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it, it, essentially the TLDR of the new narration is just that the Gundam pilots are fighting for a reason to exist yeah. in this new world where everyone hates their guts. And zero mention of Operation Meteor, of course. Yeah, sorry. I think that I, <laughs> I really thought it was going to be a bigger deal, and I was extremely wrong. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at this point, just do do the push-ups and sit-ups and crunches and what have you. Just do, do it yourself, you know? Yeah. Listen to the podcast and, your heart and do the push-ups right. and punches along to the narration of us exactly. telling you about Gundam. Uh, but um, th- this this beginning scene was so satisfying. We start out with like lights scanning the bottom of the ocean. Yeah. We do get the terrible, terrible underwater like stock sound that this studio has because it's extremely overblown. Yeah. Um, but it is Sally Poe and a crew of uh, militia members that uh, are scanning the grounds and they find zero one 
And Sally's like, aha, now I can put it with my other Gundam that I have. And uh, something pings on their radars and they're like, oh, it's probably an Oz like submarine searching for zero one. Smash cut to an Oz submarine <laughs> searching for yeah. zero one. Um, and the Oz, the Oz submarine yeah. sends out their cancer units and we get to see some new ones, right? We haven't seen these yet, have we? Uh, the cancers? The Pisces. Oh, no, we've seen the Pisces. The Pisces have been around since the beginning, yeah. Yeah, I guess I completely uh, but forgot. We, Never mind. We see them in a lot more action than we ever have. This is yeah. this is like the Oz mobile suit power hour this entire episode because it's it's yeah. Pisces versus Cancers. There's no Gundams anywhere. We also see the Pisces like moving in like they're transformed like more mobile suit mode rather than they're like fish mode, I guess. Yeah, um, the one that looks like a Leah with two like big yeah. beard like propeller claws yeah they're they're so cool i they're so Very stupid cool. and they're so cool <laughs> but we get a lot of like new fight animation for this and it's really really good to see uh yeah they, they can't reuse animations for a fight we haven't seen yet <laughs> exactly and and specifically we see um like missiles being launched but there's there's one of the pisces suits that plants a bunch of mines on the outside of the oz sub and this militia squad just dispatches oz like oh yeah handily. it's unbelievable how fast they take out these oz troops it's sick and yeah like they end up successfully recovering uh wing mm-hmm. uh, and sally kind of wonders like why would he abandon this if it can bring about the future yeah whoa, whoa. so yeah sally then, has two gundams now great <laughs> sally does in fact have two gundams right now <laughs> well um, uh, well we, uh she might only have one i don't remember if she actually handed it off to the magwanak or if she's just like working with them now but i, I think no, she you has know, two I gundams think, i don't know i think i know i think the magwanak do have the sandrock remains Okay. But still, I mean, she has one Gundam, which is more than everyone else in the world can say, pretty much. Absolutely. Save for a couple yeah. people. Uh, so we cut to the moon, the lunar base. Um, Tuberov is like... Oh, Tuberov is talking <sighs> to Dr. J and Professor G, uh, but they in the background of this shot is just like a stripped down Leo, mm-hmm. which it's... Oh my god. <laughs> it's just like... We don't get a lot of moments where we see the Leo like without armor because they tend to just get shot and blow up. But this is where we get to see like actual like greebled and detailed like yeah. inner frame of a Leo. And it's, it's a lot more interesting than the exterior lets on. I know, the right? exterior is very like flat and rounded. Uh flat like color wise because of the show, but still it's it's really satisfying to see. Um uh-huh. and Tuberov is basically just like I don't care how much fucking money it takes. Spend all the money. Make these suits as good as you possibly can. And Dr. J is just like, this guy's an asshole. Yeah, like, because specifically what he says here, he's like, yeah, it doesn't matter how much it costs. Like, we can just, like, strip everything out of these colonies like the old world explorers did to right. in the original colonies. That's and I'm like, okay, yeah, fucking a little bit ham-fisted there. Mm-hmm. Um, <sighs> but, um, but Dr. J and Professor G are like, this guy's a fucking idiot. They stripped down the Gundam. He doesn't even want the spare parts. And so Professor mm-hmm. G does. He drives off with, like, these spare armor parts of the Shenlong. And then we see him actually pull up to Master O. And there are two suits. Uh, one's kind of a stripped-down Death Scythe and the other's uh, Shenlong. But some of the colors are a bit weird. It's a little, a little, a little bit greener, oh, perhaps. Weird, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Uh, uh, this is when we get uh, Miliardo talking to Alliance members. Yes. 
And they're like, oh, we need to arm ourselves to keep fighting uh-huh. off Oz and Roma Feller. Like, we need to start producing our own mobile suits at, like, whatever cost it is to the colonies. And Miliardo's just like, no, that's that's bad. Don't do that. <laughs> don't don't he, you see what's he happening here? He doesn't have an argument, really, but... Yeah. Um, I, I, he oh. mentions like offhand, like these dangerous rumors that Oz has executed all the Gundam scientists. Yeah. Uh, and I, and I, and I think that's specifically in order to like essentially make people not think that Oz is continuing to develop more cool war crime suits. Mm-hmm. Cause it's like, oh, the genius scientists who d- designed mobile suits are gone. So Oz certainly can't make any more. Right. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Um, while they're arguing with Miliardo too, they show Sally Poe and they're like, she's been doing direct action and it's working. So we're also yeah. going to do direct action. Yeah. Also, she probably has two Gundams and, and Miliardo's like, she has two fucking Gundams. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Uh, and now we cut to duo who's chilling in the moon base. Yeah, we get, we get to meet a new that, friend. Before that, we get a bunch of supplies being delivered to the moon, mm. and there are just these weird giant metal squares floating above the moon inexplicably. I don't know what that was about, but it was and really it funny cool. to see. Yeah, That's but all. Yeah, uh, yeah. Duo's chilling. <laughs> du- Duo's simply chilling. We meet a new friend, a new Oz member named Hilda Schweiker. Oh. Uh I'm, she's cool. I thought she I was like, annoying at first, but she's not. I, she's kind of like young annoying. Uh-huh. She, she's she's oit. She's got the yeah. <laughs> she's got the purple hair. It sticks out in front of her face like every Gundam character in the show. And yeah, the, the same like high spiky bangs that annoying has. She's got protagonist disease. Anime protagonist she does. disease. I know. Um, but yeah, she introduces herself. It's Hildy Spiker. Um, and she basically overheard Duo like criticizing Oz as like there was an announcement on the radio. And she's like, fuck you, Oz is doing good stuff. And Duo's like, mm-hmm. no, they're not. And he's like, if you like Oz so much, I should join him, like flirting with her a little bit. And she just immediately hands him an yeah. application. She's like, yeah, do it, coward. You won't. Yeah. And he was and like, then- maybe I will. Nah. It's, it's credit it's to Scott cute. McNeil for another fun delivery because he's like, count on it, baby. I'll be there. It's oh God, I love very it. cheesy as it's Hildy so walks good. away. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we cut to the jail cell that Wu Fei is in, and Hero's also here. This is like this yeah, is the on... fucking Oz regional Gundam pilot detention center, I suppose. Yeah, they're on the same uh, the same cell and everything. Like they're both just locked up. Like the <laughs> they have those big like not even star wars cuffs but it's like they lock your forearms in yeah it's like your entire fucking yeah deal is is locked up um and they know that they're going to be used as test pilots for oz like obviously hero knows right. that and has said to such because he already has done that mm-hmm. um and Wufei talks about like the sort of the course of the war and he's like yeah if if and when it does come to mortal combat that's trace's plan he'll still be able to come out on top over oz in such a case which um, that didn't land for me. Like I did not get what Wu Fei was talking about. <laughs> so yeah, I I I, I think he knows to me. Yes, I want to say this is kind of going off of Wu Fei is the only one who's like met Trace face to face, and like I think Wu Fei like being there in person realizes like okay, he's a lot more like of an accomplished person than you would expect from him. I see. And, and, and I think Wu Fei, like, knowing how easily he was beat in a duel and how Trey's let him go, I think Wu Fei realizes that Trey's, like, definitely has a lot of 
contingencies and is able to like you know worm himself through all these different situations okay i part of me wants to know and i don't know if they ever address it i want to know if wufei knows about the romafeller foundation because like up until like episode 16 17 something like that romafeller was like in the background like people didn't know about the romafeller foundation um huh, so i, I wonder good, i wonder point. if he knows about that and like trey's relationship to it because if he doesn't he probably thinks trey's is just like still fully in charge of oz the head too. yeah oh interesting maybe, yeah maybe we'll be just like talking out of his ass and he's completely wrong which would also yeah. be very funny uh Me podcasting. We, we cut to, yeah <laughs> we cut to an oz hanger it's it's sign up day well not quite yet yeah this is so fucking funny duo this shows is hysterical up. he's got like a little application he hands it to some officer uh, and Hildy is like scanning the crowd and she's in that cool purple astro suit um, and she sees Duo and then we see the interaction of Duo handing this guy his application and his profile like photograph on this printed off piece of paper is basically him making like a goofy face. He's cheesing. Yeah, his and rules. He, he snags the paper back. He's like, that's enough of that. <laughs> <laughs> and starts yeah. to like head on board like he's gonna go get trained and hildy stops him and she's like let me see that application also i told you to be here next week and he's like well the thing about this application is it's a fake it, it, it he like throws it he like fucking yeets his like duffel bag at her head <laughs> and like jumps into a leo and hijacks it, it is so I, funny i, I love, love how this. he hijacks this leo because he like grabs a pole and like zero grav spins himself around it and yeah. then just slams into the pilot and then hops it's into the cockpit so good i <laughs> it is hysterical Ugh, it's so fucking funny Duo's and cool. he um so duo actually gets in the leo and he points the gun at like everyone on the ground and he's like I don't want to fire inside the colony, so just let me go. And he mm-hmm. he makes his way out. He makes his way out safely. Uh, but yeah. once he's in space, he starts getting yeah. kind of chased down. Yeah, H- H- Hildy's here. And, you know, this is like the clash of the exact same ideology, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're both fighting for peace in their own way. And they're like, so why are we enemies then? And it's like, oh, it's a little more nuanced than that, Hildy. I know this is the thing that I like I have a problem with Hildy's character because she's immediately like oh Oz is good and then she meets Duo and Duo's like we're both fighting for peace uh look around you uh like mm-hmm. Oz isn't as great like it's not all it's cracked up to be and then she critically thinks for what seems to be the first time in her life yeah about like what Oz is doing and she's immediately like oh Duo's like right um, and there's like Oz while they're fighting Oz sends out like a shuttle and the shuttle catches up to them and starts firing on duo and like blasts off one of his limbs and mm-hmm. uh, Hildy kind of like gets in the way of the line of fire and the shuttle has to like go around her uh, and they keep firing on on the Leo and Hildy's like oh this is this is bad actually yeah <laughs> yeah like uh oh. Uh, he gets recovered, and like, you know, he once again explains to her that he's fighting for the colonies, mm-hmm. um, but like he doesn't really recognize their attitude anymore because he like you know the, when he left the colonies they were like against Oz and the Alliance, but now they've like you know started drinking the Kool Aid as it were. Yeah, uh, he, and he phrases like, it as the- he phrases it as the colonies had a smile when I left, and now that yeah. I'm back and their smile is gone, it seems like they don't even want it back anymore. Yeah, it's very interesting. Uh, 
Yeah, and Hild- Hildy's like, this is the will of the people of outer space to join with Oz. Like, how could that be wrong? Mm-hmm. Uh, we learned that they are taking him to the lunar base to interrogate him about the Gundam. We know that he's <laughs> she, a Gundam pilot by now. She tells him this, and he's just like, oh, fuck yeah, that's where I wanted to go. Free ride. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he tells he tells Hildy that, like, she doesn't have the skills to be the enemy, essentially. Like, they're the same in that they're both foolish soldiers who will see yeah. their friends lose their lives while fighting for their own causes. And he says, you remind me of myself when I went to Earth. And then, like, literally just flat out starts flirting with her beyond that. Yeah. He's macking on her. Yeah. It's, uh, he's he's grooving. He's, yeah. And, like, you know, Hildy kind of moves to the front. Uh, she's in, like, the sort of, like, seating area of the shuttle. And she asks her superiors, like, why didn't you fire a warning shot? Like, why did you just start firing on us? Mm-hmm. And he's like, our orders are to kill rebels immediately, no matter what. Um, and she's like, even though you fired on me too. And he says something that she's been saying throughout this episode. He says, soldiers should be willing to die for their cause. Mm -hmm. So he's kind of like turning her own words against her. So it's like, yeah, you're part of Oz, but like, no, we'll kill you if we need to. And she's like, oh, hmm, this could be bad. Curious. And while they're talking, um, (laughs) we cut to like an outside shot and one of their engines just kind of explodes. (laughs) Yeah. It's just out of nowhere. The guy manning the controls is like. It must have been an explosion from the inside. Someone had to have done that. Someone who was back there. And immediately, Hildy's like, duo. Duo. (laughs) Yeah. And she goes back there, and it seems like she's the only person who goes back there. There are three people on the shuttle. It's Hildy, her captain, and duo. That makes more sense. I swear to God, it's only the... I mean, probably not, but, like, effectively, there's three people. Right. Because she gets back there, and Duo's like, you've got good instincts to come back here. It's like, well, that's where the explosion was. Someone has to yeah, investigate it. But like, all the noise. And Duo's stealing a Leo for the second time this episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At least steal the Leo that doesn't have a missing leg and a blown out he like, space thruster. He steals the same fucked up one again. <laughs> and he, uh, he, he tells uh, Hildy to get back because he's going to blow the bay doors. Uh, and she's like... No, you're not. And he fucking does it. <laughs> and she manages mm-hmm. to escape. But, mm-hmm. like, the air is literally sucking out of the room. And she has to, like, hold on for dear life and try to climb back in and shut an airlock. <laughs> yeah, right. It's just, Duo gets out and he's floating around. And he's like, the mass balance control system is messed up. This is going to be rough. Like, yeah, yeah I, no shit. <laughs> I think the line he says is like, man, this is going to make me seasick. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. And, like, th- he, there's three mobile dolls kicking his ass right now. Yeah, he keeps getting um, he, he gets down. Yeah, he gets down to very quickly onto the surface of the moon, conveniently <laughs> right next to like the entrance of the hangar. Though and he so makes a fucking joke. He's like, good. "Well, I made it to the moon base." <laughs> yeah, he's like, "Am I washed up?" Uh, it's God. cute. Uh, but before he can get to, uh, before the dolls get him, Hildy comes in to save the day. Yeah, um, and he's like, "Hey, Hildy, hey, Hildy, uh, you should probably give them your code to say that you're part of Oz." And she's like. You know, let him know that you're an ally. And she's like, I don't know who my allies are anymore. She just straight it's, up it's defects like, from Oz. She's known this man yeah. for like one day. Yeah. Like she's known this man for like, an, I guess she did meet him a couple days ago. Um, but she like blows open the doors of the base. Mm-hmm. And, and Duo you know, like, like flies in spiraling out of control. <laughs> yeah. He's like, don't die in vain. Yeah. And she's like, it, same it to is, you. It is a sweet sentiment. He's He's really like. I don't want you to die, but if you do, make sure it's for, like, a good cause. And she's like, mm-hmm. oh, Make sure it's badass. Yeah. Yeah. We don't see her die here. I think she just gets captured, really. Yep. She um, she just gets yelled at by her superior. He's like, I have a real problem with your conduct, young lady. Yeah. <laughs> God. Uh, but Duo's in the base now. 
Uh, he does some Mission Impossible shit. He's sneaking so around. Sick. Like He gets caught by one of the guards, and his response is to yeet his helmet at the guard. And, like, dives down and grabs his rifle. Yeah. It's so And then he does, like, cool. a zero, well, a one-sixth gravity barrel roll. And is just firing mm-hmm. while spinning down a hallway. It's nuts. It's, it's so, so sick. <laughs> and he he takes, like, two turns. He uh, The reason he was found is he was, like, checking out a map of the facility. And uh, he ended up getting pursued, so his plans got screwed up. And he takes, like, a wrong turn, basically, and stumbles into a hangar and looks up. And sees the Shenlong and the Death Scythe, and Professor G comes up to him. They're all there, all the professors, Master O, all of them. And uh, they're basically like, hey, uh, these will be ready in one month. Uh, Get captured and stay alive. Don't die. Um, And then Master O uh, walks up to him and is basically like, I'm sorry I have to do this. And just like beats the shit out of him. It's so funny. He just starts laying in the duo and he's like, you know, it won't hurt as much if you scream. And duo's like, I'm too badass for that. And he just gets like punched so hard in the stomach that he just passes out. The line in English is, mama told me real men don't scream out loud. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And like, we cut to like the hallway where like the the scientists just dump him at the feet of a bunch of guards. And like, you know, Mm -hmm. the cameras from below, they look so much more sinister. Yeah, they call him a traitor. Professor yeah, G, like, they play kicks it off him in the really gut. Well. It's so good. Like, yeah. I love that, like, the Gundam scientists are, like, just as badass as the pilots are. Mm-hmm. They're, they're playing the part perfectly. They keep Oz extremely off their scent. Mm-hmm. And now, according to plan, duos in jail with Wufei and Hiro. It's incredible. Uh, it's and just, Oh, God, these guys are so dumb. He gets dumped into the cell. put the Gundam pilots together. <laughs> yeah, I know. He gets dumped into the cell, and at one point, uh, he's talking to, to Hiro and Wufei, and he's like... I'll become the god of death once again, but right now, I need some sleep. <laughs> just yeah, rolls over on the ground. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and he, like, mentions to uh, Wufei that, like, oh, right. you know, his Gundam and also Wufei's Gundam are being rebuilt. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like, you know, as long as the colonies exist, I'm still going to fight for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the last scene of this episode, uh, Miliardo, I think he's, like, heading back to Earth now. He's, like, leaving space, I think they mention. Um Un talks with Troa. Un is in girl boss mode by now, of course. Um, yeah, she's back in the red outfit and everything. And and she, I, I didn't, I don't know if this is quite the right line, but she mentions how both Miliardo and Zex have different views on the future of space. Yeah. And Un essentially says she's going to fight for both hers and Trace's future, even if it kills her. Yeah, and I think she's talking to Troa when she says this, but she takes yes. off her glasses and her voice starts to change. Yeah, and it's like they're trying to say she has like reconciled both sides of her personality. Uh, I don't think that's. I don't believe that shit for a minute. That was the read I had on it. I guess maybe I'm entirely wrong. Oh no, no. no. I mean, w- what I mean is like it very much oh, feels I like see. she might be trying to reconcile it, but like I don't think she'll be successful in such an endeavor. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, this is because yeah, like the, the even is... if it kills her part is when she does like yeah nice voice. This is the the thing I've been talking about and alluding to with Lady Un is they say split personalities and I don't know if they mean it to be as literal, but it like there's a moment where she's like nice Lady Un in the blue like uh, politician's outfit and then someone talks to her about like being a soldier or something like that and she literally has like a breakdown and so this mm-hmm. is why I've just been like I don't they did kind of a bad job because they were just like, oh, yeah, she's got, like, multiple personalities. That's fine. It's normal. Both of them are war criminals, though. 
Yeah, it's not sir it's not portrayed terribly well. Yeah. Shocker. Uh, Shocker that Gundam did yeah, something whoa. terrible to a woman. I know, right? <laughs> uh well, that'll lead us into the third episode this week. <clears throat> which is whew, this is this is this is a lot. <laughs> uh so episode twenty-four. The Gundam they called Zero. A new mysterious Gundam attacks and utterly annihilates a resource satellite. Oz, alerted to this, sends Troa, who brings Hero along, in the Vait and Mercurius to take it down. Troa's plan is to confirm that the pilot is Katra so the boys can all finally join back up and take down Oz. Tubarov, angry that Lady Un is still favoring pilots over mobile dolls, attempts to throw a wrench in the works by shutting off the air to the prisons, hoping to suffocate the Gundam engineers Duo and Wufei. Meanwhile, after destroying one colony, Duo and Hero reach Katra, who tries to destroy a second, and they do battle. Katra does not listen to Troa at all, and so Hero begins to duel him, aiming to kill him. I'm gonna kill you, Katra winner. Yeah, Jesus Christ. This boy is jokerfied to He's a concerning so extent. Jokerfied. God. Also the first the first glimpse of the wing zero. I'm Yeah. I'm so excited. So this is like I mean, this is less of a glimpse, more of just like this is this is like this is the main Gundam. This, this is, is the Gundam demonstration, wing. yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. So the main thing like it has these interesting elf ears is the only way I can kind of describe it. Mm-hmm. Um, it has a cool shield. Like we see it in bird mode. Uh, it's wings are different. It's wings are like more. They're not as like 2d as the other wing Gundam. Right. Wings were. Yeah. They're not like, uh, cause flat. we, yeah, they're kind of bubbled out. And the main sort of feature here is the beam, the buster rifle, I believe it's yeah, called. It's the, essentially, the what if we glued two guns together? It's so stupid but it's so perfectly awesome like in the dumbest of ways (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's a bit over the top and one of my favorite things it is it's not a small detail but most of the gundams we've seen have vulcans on their heads right yeah this motherfucker has vulcans that are gatling guns built into like right above the joints of both its shoulders yeah, it's like clavicle guns. It rules. So we open on this resource asteroid. Oz is equipping it with engines to move it to like some zone. It's the Oz power zone, whatever the fuck that means. Mm-hmm. On their radar, a small shuttle pulls up. Uh, it looks suspiciously like bird mode wing Gundam. Uh, hmm. Videos get sent out and start blasting at it. And it transforms and looks just like the wing transformation included. <laughs> And it takes regular Leo fire like it's nothing. It gets blasted by a couple Dober guns and like gets knocked away. And someone's like, yeah, we, we can keep firing. We've got this. And like, no, they no, they fucking don't because it turns yeah. around and it takes the double barrel buster rifle, aims it at the asteroid and fires the biggest column of laser we have ever seen that's not fired by like a colony laser basically and yeah it's nutty it's terrifying the asteroid fucking splits in half and explodes the the destruction is literally unparalleled we have not seen anything like this it's it's so fucking it's terrifying and like we kind of pan to the cockpit katra's piloting this thing well we get a very slight glimpse we get like an unfamiliar astro suit, uh, a cockpit that we don't recognize, and the only thing we really get is a glimpse of the eye and the 
very obvious blonde hair and eyebrows, but like mm-hmm. it's like, oh, is that Katra? <laughs> yeah, Could it's it fucking Katra. Yeah, but like they they tried not to give it away entirely because he mm-hmm. he doesn't speak at all. No, yeah, yeah. Um, the, from that we cut to Tuberov and Un are talking. Uh, they're basically arguing that Un wants to use the Gundam pilots uh, mm-hmm. for the Mercurius and Vait. Uh, Un is like, no one in Oz is able to pilot as better as these guys can. And Tubarov is like, what if we just use the fucking mobile dolls? My cool dolls, Lady Un, please. Yeah. Uh, and then I think they get interrupted and Lady Un gets told about this new, like, rogue Gundam and the resource asteroid just disappearing. Mm-hmm. And the pilot actually declared that they're not saying who it is because they don't know. The pilot declared that he would destroy a colony and sent along the blueprints of the sand rock. Another quote unquote hint that this is Katra. Yeah. Um, and Un is immediately like, fuck the mobile dolls. We're deploying the Mercurius and the V8. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they need to get to that colony now. Now. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it's just so funny that this call sign is like, hey, look at this thing. Yeah, I know. It's like the Joker leaving a Joker card. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, the fucking hey, chattering teeth. I'm, I'm the I'm the pilot of the, this Gundam that you've never seen before. Here's the Gundam I piloted previously. Do you know who I am? I know, right? <laughs> Here's your hint. And then we get the first um, of many times where people in the episode have to tell other people what has already happened in the episode. Because the Gundam engineers get a rundown of what's happened by Troa, who's like standing outside their cell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just it's so fucking stupid but then Troa walks away he's like I'm gonna get more information and relay it back to you and the engineers talk and they're like that firepower like to destroy an asteroid like that it must be the original Gundam design we all collaborated on and yeah. Dr. J says that pilot is either ignorant or overly aggressive yeah doing it's something like they've Doing something even we hesitated to do, it wouldn't surprise me if one or two colonies disappear. Whoo, boy. Ooh, ooh, yeesh. Tugging on my fucking collar. Yeah. Um, so, Troa goes to the jail to get Hero to pilot the Mercurius. He's like, hey, this mission is a pretty dangerous one. Yeah. Um, and Duo, Duo keeps calling and, him yeah. Zero One. Like, no names. <laughs> Yeah, and du- Duel's, like, mad that he's not being taken and stuff, but, you know, eventually Hero does get taken. Um, he talks to Wu Fei after they're gone, and Wu Fei's like, yeah, that wasn't an act. I think Troa might have actually betrayed us for real this time. Yeah, and Duo's um, like, no, no way. When he punched me, he gave me this cool thing. <laughs> yeah, it's like a little, it looks like a lighter, but he clicks it, and yeah, it, like, it's a, a little projector. mini projector screen. Yeah, it's very cool. And- and he sees that it's actually contains blueprints to their new suits. Mm-hmm. He, and then there's like a little recorded note from Troa that's like, look over these specs to kill the time. <laughs> yeah, it's, I, it's really silly. I love this scene because we have four Gundam pilots all in the same room. And there's a bit of chemistry that I really enjoyed. And it's that duo is just like hot dogging on Hero. He's like, I'm the better pilot anyways. Take me instead. It's so good. It's so fucking it's funny. It's so good. Um... So Troa, they're in space by now, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Troa's the, telling the Mercurius Hero, and the V8 get deployed with like a dozen Leos. And uh, yeah. there's this cool like launcher carrier for the Mercurius and V8. They're like 
they're like sandwiched on it, like facing each other, and then mm-hmm. it's just like yeah, two they're the bread rockets. and they, the launcher is the meat. Yeah, um, it's very funny, but it's also like very like boring practical science fiction. Yeah, it's pretty utilitarian. Yeah. Uh, Troa mentions to Hero, he's like, all right, we're going to find out if this pilot is indeed Katra. And if it is, I can drop this disguise. We can all fuck Oz right up because yeah. all five of us will be together. And Troa's raring for, like, he is he is tired of putting on this charade for Oz. And it's very apparent. Which is really funny because I, I don't think anyone could have done it as well as Troa did. Absolutely except not. Except for maybe, yeah. Wu, maybe Wufei. Maybe Troa, Wufei, but like no one else. Troa has not broken character. He has consistently done things that would like impress Lady Un. And even if they know he's a Gundam pilot, she doesn't fucking care because he has earned her loyalty. Like just fucking excellent stuff. <laughs> it's really good. Um, We cut to Colony 06E3. Uh, they're under attack by Katra immediately. Katra yeah. radios him and says, "You're going to die." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, he's fucked up. Uh, he's we do, fucked up. They're firing. Oh god. We do he's, hear he's that the colony has basically been entirely evacuated, and they send out like a couple Leos, and they have like lasers on the colony that they start to fire. Um, and Tro is like anyone who like all of the Oz troops who are on here, you need to leave now, or I'm going to kill you. Uh, and this is like the first time we hear his voice and it's like, oh, it is Katra. Uh, and he just, he doesn't give them any time and just immediately fires. Um, like a couple Leos shoot at him and he's like, okay, uh, actually I'm going sicko mode. And he splits the buster rifle into two separate rifles, Uh points them either direction and then starts spinning while he's firing. (laughs) nuts just fucking it's such a stupid thing that's clearly effective but it's like yeah i guess this is god these rifles are dangerous and and we get some action where he's shooting leos with his uh like shoulder mounted vulcan gatlings as well and oh and they tear through the leos oh they they fuck them up uh i think katra says you're afraid of dying aren't you in that case you shouldn't be fighting at all and then puts the buster rifle back together and fires on the colony and this it's so, like, it's sad, but it's also satisfying because we see inside the colony when shit gets, like, blown up, the light in the background, like, all of the lights on the colony are out. So there's just the light of the laser, like, rim lighting some of these buildings as chunks of the colony start to, like, split and separate. And ultimately, the colony just vaporized, explodes. Yeah, I think that Katra's a terrorist now. Yeah, he's... He is, like, the literal Joker, not in the fun way. <laughs> it's a lot. Good lord. And then we cut uh, into the cockpit, and he's doing oh, the same thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's doing the same thing Troa did when he blew up the Death Scythe, which is he's crying without, like, realizing it. But he also says yeah. he doesn't feel sad. Uh, uh-oh. <laughs> uh-oh, yeah. He's, oh, god. This this kid's fucked up. Yeah. Um. Then Troa, <laughs> Troa wakes up Hero. How long were they flying? I don't know, but he's like, hey, bad news. Colony's gone. <laughs> yeah. um, we're going to leave the carrier and kind of sneak over the next colony so Katra can't see us coming. Yeah. The carrier sticks out too much. Um, Troa is like the overconfident one this time. Yeah. Uh, and Hero is the one who's like, maybe be careful. Like, I, we know it's Katra, but he did just destroy an entire fucking colony. He literally did Let's destroy the thing here. that, you know, we're trying to fight to protect. Uh, Oops. Yeah. 
the, uh, the Oz troops give Troa some shit for letting like Hero fly ahead in the Mercurius. Uh, and he's like, don't worry, I have his detonation switch. It'll be fine. Hmm. Uh, we cut to jail again. Duo's continuing to geek over the blueprints. Yeah. At this point, we see the the new Death Scythe. It, this head fucking weird. It has this weird white filigree around it mm-hmm. that, like, I think just looks completely goofy. It looks very stupid, like, but I do like I think it. They, they're trying to go for, like, some gothic design, but, like, it doesn't really work because it, yeah. it's just a it's, big, chunky piece of metal. It's weird. And they um, they augmented the head, too. The head used to just be, like, kind of the typical Gundam head where it has, like... The eyes, the mouth, and then, like, the vents on the side. Uh, but this has, like, a, a much wider, like, helmet that covers all of that. Uh, it's it's mm-hmm. kind of an ugly design. Like, this is, it, to me, and hopefully to most people, but to me, this is a downgrade for the Death Scythe. Yeah, I don't, I I haven't seen the full thing yet. I, I will hold my views until then, but, like... If it's bas- if everything's like the head, yeah, I don't know. Like spoilers, I don't, I don't need that. Sort of, but the coolest death scythe is the one in Endless Waltz. Like, I mean, the coolest everything's the one in Endless Waltz, though. So. I disagree. Hmm. Well, we'll burn that bridge when we get there. I will fight anyone who says Endless Waltz Sandrock is better. Uh, anyways, I uh, mean, <laughs> in my head, my I I don't care for all the Endless Waltz designs. I like the Endless Waltz designs. Yeah, you don't like Gundam Wing uh, designs in general. Yeah. So. I like I like I like the Endless Waltz novel designs. Interesting. They, there are some cool ones there, but alas, uh, we're not talking about that. Anyways, um, uh, Tuberov <laughs> turns off the switch for the oxygen, and uh, yeah, Tuberov says, "Hey, what if I kill all the people who are standing in my way?" And there's one guy who's like, "Sir, that's fucked up." <laughs> and Tuberov like looks at two other soldiers, and they just immediately like detain this guy, and he's like, "Don't worry, mm-hmm. you were just following my orders." Hmm. Hmm. God. Curious. And Fucking hell. We cut to the engineers, and Dr. J is like, ooh, I'm getting old. I'm a little woozy. And Professor G is just like, shut the fuck up. They turned off the oxygen. We all know it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like, oh, well, I don't need to don't need to hide it anymore. Um, and at the same time, Katra, or uh, Duo and Wufei are like, well, this fucking sucks. And Duo Smith is like, yeah, I'm just going to throw in the towel. Man, this is such an uncool way to die. Yeah. And he's just like rolling over, accepting his fate. He's like, this is so fucking lame. Meanwhile, Wufei is like stoic and he's still just like pouring over the schematics. He's like, there's no yeah. reason to like lose our heads. If we can get out of this by remaining calm, then I'm going to remain calm and get out of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so back in space, we know that Hero went ahead and like, he, you know, he didn't find Katra. Troa can't find Katra. We're in the colony, and we see Katra in in the Wing Zero just, like, breaking shit. He's just, like, poking his guns and shield into buildings and just, like, smashing stuff. But it's, like, it's, like, the least destructive destruction. (laughs) He's he's just kind of, like, breaking a couple windows, and then he walks up on, like, a little park with a Ferris wheel, and he's like, the colonies don't deserve fun toys like these. Uh that's not exactly in line, but he's like he's angry that they have things that they enjoy. I guess. Yeah, fuck that. You need war. You need a fight. Yeah. Uh, and then you know the Leo show up and he just starts shooting them. Uh, Troa radios him. And at this point, he like kind of like heads out into space, right? Yeah, um, yeah. The, the Leos confirm him. that the wing is in the colony. He just he just dusts them and then heads out into space. He's like, ah, okay, mm-hmm. my opponents should be here. Yeah, and uh, Troa radios him. 
Uh, he's like, hey, Katra, my buddy. And Katra's like, don't come any closer. And he fires yeah. at Troa. Uh, and, like, the Vyid's entire left side gets melted by this Buster rifle. It gets entirely melted, and the cockpit is exposed. Yeah. And uh, Troa is, uh, I think, talking to Hiro. Maybe he's, like, shouting to Katra as well. But, like, Troa's, like, head is, like, bleeding. Like, he's got, like, blood dripping down his forehead, even. Yep. He's in a bad yep. way. And Katra basically says the same thing to Hiro. He's like, don't come at me. And Hiro goes directly at him. Uh, and he, the the uh, Mercurius's shield actually stops the Buster Rifle's shot, which is, like, genuinely kind of surprising after mm, we've seen hey, what it Hey, ultimate shield. Yeah. Um, so yeah. it does its work. And Hiro pulls up with the, like, shield with the beam extended out from the center of it. And Katra raises his shoulder, it opens, and he pulls a beam saber out of it. Yes. And he just says, I'm going to kill you. Yep. It rules. Yep. He says Hero's line to Hero. He like, I don't know what a hero's, Hero tells Katra he's got to oh, kill Oh, no, him. that's what it is. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I mean, it, it is very much Hero's line. Yeah, and yeah, I believe him. <laughs> it's I got it mixed up because there's a moment where Katra says, tell the others to stay away from me. Otherwise, I'll end up killing them, too. Yeah, every, everyone's trying to kill everyone And then else. it's uh, Just, uh, set up for the Hero versus Katra 1v1. Yeah, <laughs> One of yeah, them it's... is in a Gundam, and one of them is not. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? Tune in next week, find out. Uh, that's episodes, though. Holy God, moly. Yeah. Good ones. I like Wing. Yeah, 23 and 24 were really, really solid. I am going to double-check this. Actually, I don't know if I have the internet bandwidth to double-check it right now, but I think 25 and 26 are both recap episodes. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. I mean, all, we'll find out when we watch them. They, yeah, but. they're the, the dreaded two recap episodes where they literally don't introduce anything new, and it's all just footage from the first half of the show. Okay. Maybe, I mean, we'll amend the schedule to what we need to do sure. next week, then, when we encounter that. Um, In the meantime, though... How about we do a Beyond Toon World? Let's get it. You're going to love this. Trust me. Beyond Toon Uh, This one will be a little bit sad. Um, I, I You may have known this, uh, you, Jared, or listener. Uh, recently, one of the wing voice actors passed away a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Um, Saori Sugimoto, who was the voice of Catherine Bloom... Uh, I think it was congenital heart failure, but regardless, uh, she didn't have many roles. She was born November 17th, almost my half birthday, uh, 1964, in Fujisawa, Kanagawa, Japan. Um, I found a website that actually like lists voice actors' hobbies and skills and whatnot. Uh, her hobbies were spoon collecting and tennis. <laughs> That's very cute. That's very sweet. Um, yeah, and her skills were flower essence therapy, and she was a licensed chef and dietitian. Oh, fuck yeah, dude. That's really cool. I'm always amazed when people are like professional chefs. Mm-hmm. Like, I like cooking, but like, you know, cooking is an art that I'm not terribly good at. I Same. can put stuff together, but you know, I, I I'm not like a master in the kitchen or anything like that. I mean, I made tacos um, for dinner, but that's like one of the only things that I can really mm-hmm. like prep. On yeah, my I can own. I can make a mean <laughs> I can make a mean beans and rice, but yeah, you know, um, she. I didn't recognize many of her roles. She was a, a one-off character called Boom One in Sonic X anime. Um, she voiced Pom Pom Purin in a Hello Kitty animation theater. I don't know if that oh, was an cute. OVA or what. Um, she was a lot of roles in City Hunter, uh, which is an old, I think, se- 60s or 70s anime. I think it's a 70s uh, the anime. Guy, 
Yeah, it's the guy who drives the mini and has a big old rocket it's, launcher, which is it's cool. The, yeah, it's the guy who uses the guns in Jump Force. <laughs> yeah, the guy who has the best ultimate attack in Jump Force. Yeah. Um, she in It looks like her main role, her main reoccurring role was in an anime called Shima Jiro uh, oh. as a character named Ramarin Makiba. And this is like, you know, six or seven different uh, roles. And another major role, uh, I say with an asterisk, because this is, from what I can tell, it was a horny anime. It's called Green Green, um, as a character named Sanai Minami. Uh, I looked up a little bit, and I was like, you know what? I don't want to read more about this one. Yeah. <laughs> it seems troubling. <laughs> I was looking this up at work, too. Uh, so I didn't want to look up any more of it. Um, she was uh, Asuka and Tetsu in Fist of the North Star. Oh, nice. Uh, in another recurring role uh, in Chibi Maruko-chan as Toshiko. And, of course, you know, uh, Wing, uh, Catherine Bloom. And she shows up in a lot of... I, I guess Catherine just shows up a lot because she was in, like, all of, like, the Wing and Endless Waltz OVAs and the Endless Waltz movie, which is just the OVAs in one movie with more footage. Yeah. Um, I mean, Catherine's, like, a relatively important character specifically to Troa, so it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, she's important for yeah, exactly. Like she's there to kind of ground him. She's his like, you know, the the person who frames his actions. Um yeah, not 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 like a terribly long beyond tumor world, but you know, we 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 show our appreciation to her. Yeah, Rest absolutely. Uh, I do want to make an amendment. Um, I said episode 25 hmm. and 26 were recaps. It's actually 27 and 28 that are uh recap episodes. Okay. So Depending on what how the footage rolls out, next week might be 25, 26, and 29, potentially? Possibly. If there truly is no new footage, I figure we'll just, like, continue to do the three episodes per week and just, like, say, hey, these two are recap. Anyway, yeah. moving on, you know? Yeah. Uh, we'll see. Um, that'll about do it for this week. Uh, I, You know what? I, I think we did a pretty good job talking about ideology this week, despite the circumstances and despite this show working against us yeah i there was a lot to take in and i hope that most of it made sense and i didn't say anything stupid (laughs) i mean if if anything else i know that all of our friends in the discord will have a very intelligent conversation about this next weekend when this episode goes up and i will miss the beginning of that conversation come in halfway and not be able to follow it so just like usual (laughs) That's the Discord way. <laughs> um, well, now as we uh, take it to the close, would you like to do plugs, Jared? Sure. Uh, my name is Jared, or Jay, obviously. Um, you can find me at Pagliacci Proto J on Twitter and on Discord. Uh, I don't have a Fiverr account set up yet, and I'm not going to promo it because I frankly probably won't set one up. But if you want someone to do voices for you, uh, I am offering voice work. Uh, it's passion of mine and uh it's fun to do uh uh, yeah that's it (laughs) oh yeah uh obviously all of jules's stuff will be linked and by all of jules stuff i mean her twitter account (laughs) will be linked in the show description um but i've been max you can go to maxi bajillion on twitter to find me my other shows include pot of greed the world's number one and only podcast possible cap corp uh hey we finished season two of gx we're halfway through uh it's season three it's gonna be in like a week from now can't wait that's at Podagreedcast on Twitter. And my other podcast is called Slappers Only, a video game music showdown podcast. Uh, our next episode will be on Splatoon 2. 
because uh, we forgot last time that we had to do a Halloween episode instead. It's a yearly tradition now. Yeah. Uh, Woomy. Go to slappersonlypod.com or slappersonlypod on Twitter to listen to that. This show is on Twitter at wowcoolpodcast. There's Discord links in every episode description as well as the Twitter header. The show can also be found on noisebase.xyz, a podcast network made by our friend Matt GameCube. All my shows are on there. Many, many more shows are on there. There's either something for everyone. Go check it out. Um, and I guess since you did Robot of the Week last week, I'll do it this week. And Jules will do it next week. And then it'll be even easier to remember because whoever does the intro will just do the robot <laughs> sure, as well. yeah. Everything works out. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, so, Max, what is your <laughs> Robot of the Week? My robot of the week is the Cars are Robots. My robot of the week is the Mercedes AMG Concept One, which is the cover car for Forza Horizon 5. Fucking incredible. Uh, <laughs> I haven't played the game as of recording, but when this episode comes out on Sunday, I will have played the game for about 48 hours straight. <laughs> uh, I can't wait to drive the lush landscapes of Mexico. The map looks incredible. It looks so good. Uh, I have an Xbox Series X so I can experience it in its full glory. Uh, very excited for that. Car game forever. I'm going to really try and post a lot of photos because, you know, game pretty. People got to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, well, that will do it. Thank you all for tuning in for another wonderful episode. We'll see you all next week uh, with a full cast next time. Yep. Uh, and as we always say, hey, ooh, look, and, th- and we're not going to have any confusion with the end of the episode this time. Yeah. It's going to be pretty easy. <laughs> as we always say, war is bad. Wow. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>